left at night with a garbage bag of dirty clothes. Woke up in a photo booth at the bus depot. Stole a bike with a flat back tire. Ran a stoplight. Left for dead by a man who said, "I'll take good care of you." Now I'm swimming in a pool. Now I'm swimming in a pool. Now I'm swimming in a pool at a nice hotel. Welcome to the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast series. I'm your host, Kenna Barima. That was the opening track, Dragonfly, from Christine Fellow's fantastic new album, Femme de Chenou. The Calgary Folk Music Festival is proud to be presenting Christine with Shotgun Jimmy, Thursday, March 10th, at Local 522 here in Calgary. Check out our website for more information and for tickets. You'll be hearing more from Christine in a few minutes as I got a chance to catch up with her in Dawson City as she prepares to head home and then immediately on to a whirlwind tour that will be bringing her to Calgary. Also in this episode, we welcome pal and podcast cohort Eric Rosenbaum, who will be our regular contributor for our Leak of the Week segment. This time around, he's done a great feature on Catherine McClellan, so stay tuned. I'll also be chatting with our artistic director, Carrie Clark, who has an exciting new project in the works that is taking her to the wilds of Rwanda. More on that later. So let's get started. Here's a telephone conversation that Christine and I had just recently. So tell me about the conception, because there is a lot of context and, and from what I can tell, a lot of backstory to the project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are layers, many, many layers of backstory. Too. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, it started um, as a residency at uh, the Musée de Saint-Boniface Museum in St. Boniface, which is uh, used to be its own city, um, but now it is part of the city of Winnipeg. Okay. So it's the big Franco- Franco- Francophone community in, um, 
in in um, in my community, and the museum uh, residency that I did was at, at the museum itself was the old Grey Nuns convent, so it used to be their home, the home of the Grey Nuns. Oh, so man. it was like exactly perfect for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So that that's how it started. Was uh, most of the repertoire on the record and. Uh, is inspired by that six months and all that research I did in that place. Wow. And so how did you go? Uh, they must have archives that you were able to sort of delve into in terms of doing your research. How did you go about, um, you know, uh, sifting through the material that you had? Well, it's kind of funny because in, you know, entering into a museum context, I'd never worked with those people before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they just approach everything so differently than artists do. We're so... Uh, you know, I almost, I, I guess for myself especially, I'm very uh, uh, random about yeah. how I approach <laughs> And uh, But they have an incredible, incredible collection there. And beyond just what's in the museum, there are, archi- there are um, like, storage facilities filled with artifacts. Wow. And they gave me access to everything. And cool. uh, so it was, it was, I could have probably made, you know, four or five records in that place. And I just distilled it down to, you know, uh, the, the smallest of parts, yeah. Cool. And so how, how, uh, how long a project was, how long did it take for this project to sort of uh, come about? Was it a, did you, so you were, did the residency for six months and then, um, and like how long ago was that and sort of how, how, how long from beginning to end? Okay, well I actually started, well I, you know, my last record came out in I think 2007. Okay. So since then, of course, I've been writing and doing stuff. Yeah. So I'd had a bit of writing that I'd been, uh, I'd been um, already had under my belt, and then the residency started in February of 2009 and ended in August, and then we did the the with the piece, the thing that I ended up making that the legacy that you, the commission mm-hmm. essentially was uh, a multidisciplinary performance piece, which is the DVD. The genre. DVD. Yeah. 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 So that's what we gave. To the museum, and um, and then after that, we went and made the studio record starting in January of the uh, following year. Yeah, cool. it's been a kind of a long, a long haul. But still, I mean, y- you need to have all that time to sort of have everything. I mean, you obviously want to do it justice, particularly when you've you've delved so deeply into into the material. Well, that and that's the pro- that is always the problem. Yeah. with music, you know, it's like coming up with the money to. <laughs> yeah. how to do what you really want to do and the time and so just that that residency itself and the commission just gave me a huge um boost financially and gave, you know which afforded me the time to go and make something oh, isn't that so cool i mean residencies are, are um so hold a very special place in my heart i mean being in calgary um the you know the Banff center residencies are, oh, are yeah, you course. know a very very big part of of uh, you know, musicians community here in terms of you know being a, a coveted experience because you're able to just completely immerse yourself in in a, in a process that i think can really benefit you know not only the project but your you know the growth that you can sort of have as a musician hey as an artist when you have that ability to just focus well and beyond that it's the idea of of uh, immersing yourself with within a community something <gasps> mm-hmm. like that that's a community or up here where we are right now in Dawson City and just being able to engage with the place you know yeah. that, that's that is you know goes beyond just the artists themselves that's 
that's sort of larger than us, you know. Yeah, and speaking of Dawson City, you are you were you're just on the tail end of of, a, of another residency. Yes. Oh, that was the laundry machine. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what have you been doing in Dawson City then? Uh, well, I'm working on two new projects upcoming. One is a commission project for Harborfront Centre. Excellent. Um, with my uh, main collaborator, her, her name is Sherry Boyle, and she's a visual artist, mm-hmm. amazing lady. Um, but her and I have been commissioned to make a, a performance work for children. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which, if anybody knows our work, yeah, it's not exactly. Um, it's a, it's a little dark, maybe yeah. for for kids. But but I also um, even just on the tour that I'm on right now, we have a storyteller with us, and and her song, one of I'm sorry, one of her stories is really scary, uh-huh. and we've been doing it for kids, and they totally love it. It's their of favorite course. one, of, co- uh, of course. So that's given me heart. But uh, the other thing I'm working on is um, I'm, and that's mostly what I'm doing up here is research for. Um, I'm writing a musical. <gasps> right on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It won't be like a, it won't be like a traditional what you would expect from musical theater. One of the characters is in fact mute, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Lots of actions. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've got. A, I'm writing a musical. Uh, yes. With, oh, cool. But uh, and I've done. It's been amazing being up here, and especially we were up in Old Crow, which. Um, is above, it's within the Arctic Circle, uh-huh. so it's the furthest north I've been, and what an amazing, oh my God. amazing experience, what an amazing community, and yeah, just the researching this project, because it, it takes place in the north, so mm-hmm. it's been, um, it's been really uh, life-changing for me, wow. for sure. Well, context sounds to be something that's, uh, that's really important to your work. I want to play two tracks um, from the album Mile 137 and Horoscope. Can you, can you get, uh, give me sort of an introduction and sort of an idea of, of, of the two songs and how they fit within the, the scope of the, uh, of the whole project? Well, it's interesting that you've chosen those two um, in particular are the two songs that Ford Pier, uh, who now lives in Vancouver, but he's oh, from Edmonton, yeah, yeah. Old Ford, he was the one who did the horn and... Um, Horn string and clarinet arrangement on uh, Mile 137 and the horn arrangement on do, Yeah, I know. I totally love it. Totally love the arranging. Yeah, it's pretty, it's very forward. It's not It's not very fellows, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> so I really love, I love, hap- I mean, that's my favorite part about working with other people yeah. is, sh- you know, the, that voice is in there. And yeah. that's really meaningful to me. But yes, they're both, I mean, all of the songs on the record are stories about female characters. Yeah. And so these two in particular, one is a woman who who's a real living person, <clears throat> Um, in northern Manitoba, and she started a school gardening project teaching kids how to garden. And so Mile 137 is about her. Spring sleeps late in a bed of snow Wake up, dear, it's time to go Sunrise over setting lake The ice will break up one of these days The wind calls in your mother's voice The sun is bracing over in the west She's tracked its path through the scrubby pines For all her life all her life 
This town is small, but it just takes one To light a fire when darkness comes To gather us together, help the shivering rain melt the ice away Next year we're gonna plant some beets Peel and onions, pumpkins, peas Tether our tomato vines, scatter seeds For tomorrow, tomorrow, And the uh, horoscope is uh, about the life of Peggy Guggenheim, um, and I wrote it after being visiting her the Peggy Guggenheim collection in Venice. Oh man, yeah. I just went and visited that Isn't two it? years ago. I think it was. It's insane. <gasps> it's insane. It's so insane. You get, and what I was amazed with is how you get such an amazing idea of who she actually was. The, you know, yes. the, the you know the 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 palatial sort of aspect of the architecture, but also you know, that her the collection really really gave an idea of what she you know what kind of person she was. Yeah, I oh. I immediately after I of course like devoured every biography and autobiography yeah. of her autobiography and. And just such a complicated, yes. strange person yeah. that you couldn't resist, you know. Sunlight threads the gloom 
of this strange city full of holes shines right here on the mantle. That was Christine Fellows with Horoscope off her album Femme de Chez Nous. Before we hit our new Leak of the Week segment with Eric Rosenbaum, let's hear one of my very favorite track from Catherine McClellan with Take a Break from her album Water in the Ground. If you want 
welcome to the Leak of the Week on the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. I'm Eric Rosenbaum. Festival goers are in for a real treat this summer because one of Canada's best singer-songwriters will join us at the festival. Catherine McClellan will make the trek from her Prince Edward Island home to Prince's Island in Calgary. Her voice is pure and sometimes haunting, and you'll find subtle strength in her confessional and powerfully poetic songs. I had the pleasure of seeing her for the first time in concert at Calgary's Knox United Church in 2009. McClellan was part of the Sirens of Songs tour, along with Melanie Doan and Lynn Miles. It felt just like a trip to the Calgary Folk Fest, where you get introduced to a new favorite artist. I'll tell you a little more about McClellan after we listen to a song from her third and most recent recording, Water in the Ground. This is Set This Heart on Fire. Catherine McClellan set this heart on fire. Catherine has won a lot of praise from the critics. She was Penguin Eggs Magazine's critics' favorite new discovery in 2008. She's toured with Bruce Coburn in the States and Steve Forbert in the UK. 
One American critic with the influential Roots magazine No Depression says Catherine McClellan may just have the key for what ails us, and she's highly recommended for the young at heart and the pure of spirit. Now, I really can't tell you about Catherine McClellan without mentioning her father. He's the late Jean McClellan. Jean was the songwriter responsible for one of the icons of Canadian music. He wrote Anne Murray's famous Snowbird. He also wrote the song Put the Hand in the Hand, which was a huge hit for a band called Ocean. Catherine lovingly pays tribute to her dad during her concerts. She credits him with weaning her off 80s pop music when she was a kid by giving her Eric Clapton and the band records to listen to. Let's listen to another song by Catherine McClellan, a tribute to her father from her recording Church Bell Blues. This is Long Time. Cannot describe just the way 
Catherine McClellan from her recording Church Bell Blues. You can find out all about Catherine McClellan at her website, catherinemcclellan.com, and you'll find a link to it from our website, and you can see her perform at the festival this summer. For the Calgary Folk Festival podcast, I'm Eric Rosenbaum. Check, check. Check, check. Oh, sorry. No, that's totally fine. No, we're good. No, we're good. You don't have to. You don't have to lean in too much either. It's it's comfy. All right, cool. So, we are now joined by Calgary Folk Music Festival Artistic Director Carrie Clark to chat about an exciting new project she's been working on. Hi, Carrie. Hello, Kenna. Now, uh, tell us about Kigali Up. Kigali Up is a brand new festival that's going to happen in Kigali, Rwanda, Africa. And Rwanda, for those who don't know, is a Central African landlocked country right by Burundi and Uganda and Congo. And it is a festival that will happen in a beautiful park um, downtown in Kigali, September 9th, 10th and 11th of 2010. That's really soon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think probably what would be the first question on people's mind is um, just in terms of... uh, Rwanda being uh, the country, or at least a place that um, has has um, had some bad history, and and people might be questioning why why Rwanda. I think it's partly because of that bad history mm-hmm. that we want to do it. Um, it's really the brainchild of Mighty Popo, who's a musician from Toronto. His real name is Jacques Marigandi. And uh, they all seem to have their little nicknames, and Popo is his. Cool. And he has played, at, he came to Canada when he was, I think, 19 years old, actually long before the genocide. His family was exiled. He grew up in exile in Burundi, which was quite common because okay. there have been problems between in the country and between the Tutsis and Hutus, um, two of the, the three main uh, tribes. The other is the the Batwa. Okay. And there have been problems actually for years and years. And in 59, when the Belgians left, they created an uneven situation where the Hutus sort of ended up being in charge. And so a lot of the Tutsis were in exile, and Popo is one of those. And so he and many of his friends, it was very common to grow up as a Rwandan um, outside of Africa, right, outside okay. of, of Rwanda. And so he grew up in Burundi in this really amazing neighborhood that had a lot of music and culture and art. And he learned guitar then. So when he came to Canada, he came literally with a shirt on his back wow. and he was quite a good blues musician and he um, was he played in a bunch of different blues bands and, and toured with a lot of blues musicians right. and then sort of went back to his African roots and started playing more African music and um, when he started doing that and broke out on his own he uh, played a lot of Canadian folk festivals and he really loved the, the model and the format and oh, the okay. collaboration cool. and, and playing with people like Michael Franti and Taj Mahal so he had a dream of, of bringing something positive to his home country cool. he and many people who grew up in exile um are now going back to Rwanda. It's actually a very safe country, and it's it's really quite civil, and it's really turned around. And mm-hmm. so, I think it's part of that. They had that awful history. They're re- they're rebuilding. Many Rwandans will tell you, you know, we really want to fix our own country. We really want to rebuild. Right. They're trying to do it on their own. It's That's a very cool. self determined kind of nature. Mm-hmm. And so, it's that kind of thing of. Um, 
he would love to see more live music happening. So many people you talk to, we talk to government people, all mm-hmm. kinds of people, they say that <coughs> people do the playback thing. So, you know, like taped, oh, okay. pre-taped music, so they're singing along. Sometimes it's so bad. Even some of these great singers are... Don't have live musicians backing them. Well, not just that. Some of them are actually recording themselves and then singing along. Oh, like, boy. So lip-syncing to their own. So that is so common, and there's some great singers and some great artists there, but mm-hmm. there really isn't much in the way of music industry or music infrastructure. Right. And there are some really good artists, even though it's a tiny country. So Popa really wants to bring a positive festival there. Cool. In an outdoor park, many of the other events that happen, and there aren't tons, there's mm-hmm. quite a dearth of festivals, um, happen in stadiums, and that's not the atmosphere that, right. that Popa wants. He wants the yeah. folk festival atmosphere. And so... Um, he has this dream of not only bringing some really great music to the people who live there and to, to tourists and other people who come in, but also to helping um, bring up Rwandan musicians and teach them about what's going on in the world and, and let them be exposed to live music and let them be able to, as we do in the session stages at, at our festival, to be able to literally share stages with other artists. Oh, cool. And so it's it's really exciting that way. And then, you know, there are some sound systems there and some infrastructure. Right. There are very few good technicians for for instance, so right. we're going to have to bring in technicians from sure. outside, but we're hoping again to be able to train some of the some of the kids to learn how to use soundboards, so right. that we actually are creating something positive that can remain after we're not involved so uh, much yeah. in the festival. That's really it's cool. It's really the uh, the spirit of, of of you know what folk festivals really really are about. Now you just got back just a couple of weeks ago. Tell me tell me what your role has been within um, um, bringing this uh, festival to uh, to into existence. I would say Popo and I are the sort of the co-founders. Mm-hmm. It was his idea. He brought it to me and to Doug Simpson, who used to run Vancouver. Right. And then we've been talking about it for about three years, and and we're sort of it's it's all ground up stuff. Right. Um, so we've been meeting with potential sponsors and funders and government people in Rwanda and talking to whoever will listen to us that might have an idea or might want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, developing sponsorship brochures, working on you know the the text for the website, yeah. looking at sound systems. Um, so really everything from the ground up, starting right. to talk to artists. So I'd say he and I are sort of the chief cooks and bottle washers right now right. with some people helping us out. So it's very much a, a founding sort of role. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, do, you, you have so much time to spare, you know. I mean, what, else are you, what else are you doing? <laughs> yeah, nothing else. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, Gary. I hope that you'll keep, uh, you'll keep uh, our listeners and, and everyone here sort of in the loop as to... Uh, how things develop because it's really exciting and, and yeah. uh, congrats on a really Thanks. cool project. Thanks, yeah. Um, KGallyUp.com is the website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we also are fundraising through a platform called Indiegogo. Cool. So if you go to that and look up KGallyUp okay. um, because obviously a project like this is Needs requires money. a lot of resources, f- yeah. financial and non-financial. So we are planning the festival. We're full steam ahead but we certainly need some some more support in order to make sure that it's really successful. Absolutely. And so if people want more information they can go to the website um, and and, uh, and yeah, you can find their information there. Excellent. Thanks, Kenna. Thanks, Carrie. We're going to end this podcast episode with a track from Mighty Popo and a track off his Juno-nominated album, Gekondo, with uh, the title track. Thanks for listening to the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. I've been your host, Kenna Brema. If you have any questions or concerns, go comments, or you just want to say hi, email me at kenna at calgaryfolkfest.com. Let's all go to our happy place. Here's Mighty Popo with Gekondo.
Katani Murigande Babu Kuzagara Gakanyamibga Karuki Kamuzi Kwaseka Nyuguri Kaseka Wota Seka Wota Kamugarura Garura Wakanyamuhungu Karukangira Shamba Abatobe Babiru